Each second loops in mental revisitation. Flinching hands over glass ledges and words will claim whenever spoken. Through unsolicited blushes and table-hidden touch. Adrenaline anticipation and the suffocation of knowing that across the dimension, if we could sidle through the gaps between each universe, cradled in blankets of predetermined, soul-told stardust, each part-lit walk, each skittish giggle, every half-brushed inch of skin, maybe, could be, life existent beyond the forbidden. And maybe that's why, in pastiche daydream memory, as my mouth finds mimicry of our suppression-led grin, I don't recall the moment our eyes met. Those moodstone constellations stay firmly planted on hesitant ground, neither of us so far taken with irresponsibility to let those galaxies ruinously collide. In this universe, a what-if will remain enough. You just heard a What If by Rose and Cloud, who joined me today for this week's episode of Poet Kind Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Mulder, and after several attempts to meet up with this talented duo, I was finally able to sit down with Rose and Cloud for a relaxed conversation and some good fun. You've already heard a little of what they do, so let's get to it so you can get to know Rose and Cloud yourself. Today on the podcast, I want to welcome John McLeod and Emily Galvin. They are behind Rose and Cloud. And if you haven't heard of them, I'm excited to introduce you guys to my listeners. Um, go ahead and say hello so we can start getting to know <laughs> Hi, you. Hello. hello. Rose and Cloud is um, a spoken word duo. There's music, spoken word, and it has become a favorite of mine. Um, I love spoken word. And so when I discovered you guys through another podcast, I couldn't wait to connect and have you join mm. me here. Oh, bless. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. I like, I like the sort of uh, the leapfrogging that, there's, that we seem to be doing at the moment with this. It's quite nice. <laughs> yeah, me too. So... Give me, I mean, these are the basics. People like to hear your story, how you got mm -hmm. to know each other, how you came to work together, and how, how you got to where you are now. Of course. Uh, well, I think we met, John is normally best at correcting me with dates. I think me and John <laughs> met in the January of this year. Yes. Yep. Um, at a local event uh, called the Honeybox. Um, and it's a bit like uh, a sort of showcase of local musicians around the Staffordshire and Cheshire areas, which are counties in the UK. Okay. Uh, and we met there. I was just going along for a nice Sunday afternoon, really. And so was John. And we got <laughs> chatting. Yeah. Um, at the time, I was the Poet Laureate of Staffordshire, uh, which meant that it was my job to sort of go around promoting poetry um, to all Excellent. sorts of different places. Yeah, it was really good. I've just finished my tenure actually about, I think it's 
pretty Not much a long ago. day now. Yeah, so okay. I did two yeah. years up until last October. The, you know, the October just gone. And um, so me and John got chatting and I was asked to go back onto the show to do an interview. Um, and then in the March to perform some poetry. And um, I think at the time I was supposed to be performing poetry against... Um, two heavy metal bands who were also playing on the same day because they'll have sort of three or four bands on one day and you switch between okay and I was like, oh, i've got a tiny little voice and i've got this tiny little poetry and uh, there's no way i can like hold it against um you know heavy metal, metal bands, bands. So, yeah. yeah yeah so uh, i asked john sort of quite sheepishly if he would mind um proposing some music to uh, go alongside it and John you very kindly said yes I did <clears throat> I did um, I, I was I've never done anything like that before um, I've never been asked to like soundtrack anything much less accompany poetry um, mm. and it just I was in a bit of a rut at the time and I was I was really trying to figure out what my next move was going to be musically and um i just couldn't turn it down um and then there's that little bit of fear i think when somebody asks you to collaborate with something that they're doing mm. because because right at that point you don't really know what you're going to get mm, yeah um and uh i was so glad when emily sent the poems that she wanted to perform through because they were brilliant so wonderful oh, i just i just really i really enjoy um i really enjoyed what she presented and somehow that just seemed to make the the sound tracking of it it almost felt effortless mm. it's just really bizarre because my hands just found the right place on the fretboard uh, yeah and i get that Likewise, I mean, so when we first started sending them, uh, I think I sent voice recordings over to John. Yes. Um, yeah. And there's on both sides, there's that kind of trepidation because John's nervous that I assumed that you thought you weren't going to produce something right. And I was nervous that I might send my work over. You'd never seen any of my poetry, I don't think, before. Um, no, I hadn't. And no. So then there's that, well, what if John reads this and goes, actually, this is terrible. And there's no way I'm going to be able to do anything. I, I don't think that would have happened. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you know, you're risking a blossoming friendship there as well. So um, yeah, I yeah. thought that as well. And the second that the sort of first track came across, I think I sat speechless in my living room, like, yeah, this is, this is going to work. This yeah. Good. And then it came to that first rehearsal. Mm. Um, the because, day before or something because you know it's not like we were yeah. rehearsing plenty of time with oh heaven forbid heaven, <laughs> heaven forbid um, but Emily came around to mine uh, the day before the Honeybox recording and we went through um, the four pieces and uh, it just clicked into place um, I still, I still really wonder what was. The, I, I have to ask this: What was the first thing that you heard of mine um, prior to asking me to? Honestly, I can't even remember. I yeah. can't remember. I knew uh, I'd heard bits and pieces, yeah. and I'd gone back definitely and looked at some of your Honeybox 
uh, recordings then. Um, yes. And when you've been on the show, and yeah. um, generally you were touted. I mean, you were a really nice person that I enjoyed talking to, yeah. and you were touted as a fairly musical, experimental genius. So I was like, well, this is the person I want on. Then I don't want somebody <laughs> who just. Want, I don't. You know, there's lots of people that can play covers of other people's music, but. I need yeah. someone here who's going to be happy to play around with things and experiment with things and make noises that are maybe a little bit different uh, yeah. because nothing about this is Right. But it's seamless. It is absolutely seamless. Um, I hope so. It is. You, I've listened to your EP a few times and it just is the perfusion of your Thank voice you. and his composing and music and it's I don't know I, I could listen to it all day and I'm, I'm yeah. hoping um, when this goes live we're going to have some of your music play or um, oh, you know, what do you call it it's not it's not music I don't not know we still, <laughs> we still I, struggle with that sometimes uh, so we've I kind got of, live gigs oh, go yeah. on. I was gonna say I, I refer to them as pieces yeah, mm. your pieces, compositions, yeah. whatever. But um, yeah. my listeners are going to get a chance to hear some of that, and I know they're just oh going to fall in love with it. <laughs> really I'm excited. So. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I kind of think back to that to the actual day that we spent in Honeybox doing that first performance. Um, Actually, one of the first songs that I found myself writing is actually directly related to that. But because um, I've had, I've, I've not been writing all that much up until Emily and I started working together, and all of a sudden mm. I was just chewing songs out. All of a sudden, but um, <laughs> it it was just it was the best, probably one of the most bonkers days. Um, I can just remember lots of really silly things, but uh, in between that, there's all those moments where we were performing these pieces for the very first time, and every yeah. now and again, we just sort of glance at one another and go, "It's going all right. We're winging it." Yeah. But it's well, for me, yeah. it's a massive challenge as well because I've never—I mean, I've written poetry for a while now, yeah. um, but I've never memorized pieces before. Mm. Um, so obviously, for that I was thinking if again I'm sort of facing bands and other people are going at it uh, you know and you a, a singer doesn't have to have his lyrics in front of him I'm gonna have to memorize these mm, and I think yeah. I must have sat for a week listening to my I've never been so sick of my own voice in my entire <laughs> life just listening to recordings of myself over and over again it's yeah. something I really struggle with is yeah. memorizing stuff like that I admire anyone who has, you know, entire sets worth of mm. stuff that they have memorized. It adds a great element to performance, but I can't do it. I really can't. Yeah. My blood just crumble everywhere. So, yeah. <laughs> so there was that kind of adrenaline as well, way to baptize it with fire. Yes. <laughs> Don't remember your words this time while it's being streamed to a live audience. So. Yeah. One of those things where you you always find as well that you, you nail it in the rehearsal and then you'll just for me I'll just like put a hand wrongs ever so slightly just, just to the yeah. thing. Yeah. For, for the thing it. that you end up having to Yeah. Yeah, it went all right. Um 
I think I kind of got my timing a bit fumbled on a couple of things, so I just improvised a couple of extra chords Don't just to say that out loud. Don't say that. <laughs> like you these are behind the scenes nuggets <laughs> <laughs> yeah well sometimes those are the best mm. so now you john you come from a musical background as far as like day job sort of things is that right uh, no no oh no as, okay no as far as day jobs they're very i've always worked in bars uh, shops or offices Okay. Uh, so, so that's where that's where my bread and butter comes from. Um, I have spent twenty odd years just sort of hovering around my local music scene. Okay. Um, kind of like you say, hovering. You've we... been an integral part, John. You've been an integral oh. part of the local. <laughs> integral scene. part. I, I have it on good authority that okay. I'm an integral part. Um, <laughs> so I I've always been in and out of bands trying to start them not quite managing it or doing things entirely solo um, and it's only really in my 30s that I've been able to properly get some projects off the ground and I've been invited to join people's bands so I've, I've, I've been doing odds and ends more concertedly in the last 10 years um, okay. so yes yeah. yeah. so like hmm. yeah what about you Em do you have a day job or are you one of the yeah. lucky ones that gets to do poetry for a living i really wish i wish uh <laughs> i mean i'm the same as john so i mean i'm an accountant so okay. <laughs> i have the most boring day job that there is but it it pays to be able to do things like this um yeah. and i think there's something nice about balancing those two sides of your brain out Absolutely. don't get me wrong if i could if i could be paid to be creative all the time I would take that up but the sort of um paint by numbers uh rigidity i think of a day job actually sometimes complements the creativity because mm -hmm. it gives moments that you have to channel it into um and as with everything life experience gives you creativity if you sat in a room by yourself all day you wouldn't be able to write a very good poem Right, so, right. For that, you have to interact with people and with the world and, and with all sorts of different people. You need to have bad experiences and good experiences. Absolutely. And you'll be, yeah, sane. And, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm fortunate, really. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of cool, though, because I have talked to other poets who are accountants, and there's something about being mm. able to compartmentalize it's your life. It's very true, yeah. Yeah, uh, the nine to five is a real uh, refreshing change from how um, almost intangible poetry can be sometimes. Uh, it feels like wisps of little clouds that you grab at of when you can. Right. Yeah. But then it also, um, I think it channels. So that kind of analytical mind makes you look at your poetry in a more analytical way and yeah. say, okay, well, I've grabbed that cloud now and I've laid <laughs> it all out the paper. And I can get rid of X, Y, Z because that's not me. So yes. I've never compared poetry to accountancy before, but I think I like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure anybody has. I like. If, it's a whole new if, direction. <laughs> if that's a first, I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very much very similar sort of thing to songwriting, and um, the only thing I could really add to that is it's an absolute hell 
when you start getting really good ideas, but you've got to sit and work. Yes. Uh, yeah, that is the problem. My <laughs> solution for that is um, toilet trips with your phone to write the notes <laughs> down. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is, I do that quite a lot. Uh, from, just like I need to get this down now. From a songwriting point of view, it doesn't look great if you're sitting in a toilet cubicle singing into something. <laughs> <laughs> no, you might be right there. Yeah, for some, for some reason, people don't really react to that. The, the, thing <laughs> I, the, the thing I struggle with the most is melodies. So I'll yeah. write, I'll like scribble down lyrics as fast as mm. I can. But the worst bit is um, I sometimes come up with most of my melody ideas and things when I'm walking to work, which then means I've got to try and spend eight hours making sure that oh, nothing no. knocks that melody out. It's horrible. That's it even is... harder as well, because at least yeah. if you've got, I mean, I've had formulated poem ideas yeah. and I've known that I've got like a two hour drive and I can yeah. keep that in my head until the end of the two hour drive because there's always a basic line or a meaning or something. Right. That you a know thread you're going to yeah. Yeah, 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 you can fetch it back somewhere with yeah. a melody. How no. do you, there's no way that you can keep that just constant the minute something else comes on the radio you i've had so many instances and actually some of those instances have been with songs that i've written for us to kind of tinker around with at mm. some point in the future mm -hmm. as well um where i've had a really good melody and it's just gone by lunchtime um but then i'll get up the next morning and I'll find, I'll, I'll be like getting ready, getting ready, brushing my teeth, whatever. And I'll suddenly realise that I'm humming the thing that I wrote the previous day. Mm. Oh, nice. That's fake, that is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. I can't, I couldn't explain it for the life of me. But when a melody just sort of finds its way back to you when you have given up on it is, is nice. Really yeah, nice. I bet. So, um... This is such a great conversation that I find myself forgetting what I was going to ask you. So it's kind of like, <laughs> Just because we I don't take even it off know anymore. Really I don't even know. <laughs> We've got skills. Yeah, that's yeah. great. So you guys, um, you have an EP out, which yes. is lovely. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that, please? Yeah, of course. It's called um, It's Only Thursday. Um, which I love the story behind that. Thank you so much. So, yeah, the story is we were going to keep it really enigmatic because it sounds kind of enigmatic. Um, we were throwing around EP titles for a long time. Uh, it became a sort of running joke that anytime anybody said something slightly odd or there was an in-joke that someone would say EP title after it. And so <laughs> that was always being bounced around. And we went to, um, we went to an open mic to perform some stuff. Um, and it was on a Thursday and it was just one of those really strange strange evenings everybody all seemed slightly too drunk for a Thursday mm -hmm. I'm not going to judge anybody for what day they get drunk but most people not have work on a Friday like Wednesday <clears throat> yes it's hump day go and have a few drinks Friday I understand Saturday I understand Sunday Monday I kind of understand but Thursday's a weird one Thursday, and you're just holding was, it together for Friday, aren't you? Right. You're just holding it together for Friday, and everyone was larry, like quite larry drunk as well, weren't they? Yeah. Um, I remember one person in particular. 
I I um, found an admirer, yes, uh, that, <laughs> that evening, who was um, not quiet about it. Uh, so, and it was just, it was really strange. And we went outside and I'm sure something strange happened, like someone went by on a unicycle. Or, I think that's what it was. I'm sure that's what it was. Along those lines, and I'd got to the point of bemusement by now, and I turned to John and said, "What's going on? It's only Thursday." And then that became the working title, and then that just stuck. Yeah. And now we have to explain it every time, and every time I can't, I can't quite explain what a bizarre evening it was. Next time I tell it, it's going to have like fire breezes and stuff in it. <laughs> but, um, I was already was mentally imagining some in there. Yeah, it was not your standard Thursday night in a British city centre. Not even a bar. Yeah. A restaurant. <laughs> yeah. But it was everything it needed to be. Yes. It was a fantastic evening. It, yeah. was, a it was great. Evening. Absolutely great. Just loopy. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so that happened. I think by then we already had the EP in the bag, right? I think... Um, we'd at least had the first recording session. We might have just had the one more to go. Mm -hmm. I think we just needed because we recorded it super quick. Um, mm -hmm. Like it is, I would say 95% of it was recorded as live as you hear it. Um, yes. And then we had one more session to just really pick over it and redo anything that we felt needed redoing. Yeah, tighten up some bits. Yeah, but because because we play, we we recorded it as we play it, so um, we we tend not to do anything separately because a lot of the way we perform is there's a, there's a really huge kind of uh, push and pull to it, um, almost yeah, almost kind of like almost like a jazz quartet but with one less person and more speaking. Okay. No, I said quartet, didn't I? Oh, <laughs> I, 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 I might be a trio. Two, two, few, two fewer yeah. people. There were two fewer people. <laughs> that was accountant brain then. <laughs> See, you can apply it. And, and artist brain, I just didn't even, I didn't flinch. You, 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 can, apply, you can apply accountancy to like non-job based things there. That's proved it. Like how many people in a quartet? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But, but we, did, um, we did, yeah, it's yeah. really quick. And I think it's really important um, that we did it live. Uh, I yes. don't know, I've never recorded anything like that before. So I don't know if it's unusual that things are recorded in that way rather than recorded separately. It, it I think it tends to, it tends to vary um, depending on various things. I mean, when I've recorded band stuff, um, that's always been you at least start with the drums and the bass and because mm -hmm. they're the two things that need to lock in uh, once you've got those down they're the bedrock for everything else um so I, this is the first time that i've recorded something as live i'm very much used to doing it in a very studio kind of piece by piece sort of oh, way yeah. rather um, than sort of doing the whole track in in full yeah yeah um, but I've never been in any kind of project that had that kind of fluidity 
mm. either. Mm. So um, I think there's a merit to doing some things kind of regimented, and I'm sure there are other odds and ends that we might record at some point in the future that uh, that will be yeah. that might need a bit more pre-structure before we start. But on the whole, the way we work is very much. I'm feeding off the way Emily is performing and in much the same way that she's feeding off the way I might be playing guitar on any given day. Yes, absolutely. Um, It all depends on kind of mood. We always say that our gigs are never the same. You could see the same set uh, with maybe six hours difference. And it just depends on what our moods are. Sometimes I'll speak lower or more angrily and sometimes you'll play more angrily or you'll play at a different pace and we just kind of adapt to each other and then every single time has a different feel and I think that's really nice. You allow it to be a little bit more organic which is great because it's never the same experience even if people go to see you multiple times so that's fun too. Yeah we think so Um, and because the whole I think everything about the project is um super raw and super honest Mm -hmm. so i think to be rehearsing these things to a point where every single set was exactly the same wouldn't be doing justice to the intention of the project that makes sense yeah yeah it's important that it always stays that honest emotional state sometimes we'll have gigs and i come off and i'm shaking because it felt really vulnerable and other times we'll have ones that they you know felt quite polished so i think that's an important uh, factor yeah yeah Yeah. now you guys go ahead oh sorry i was just going to say there's there's a merit to both of those things as well there's Mm. there's a merit to being able to just kind of walk in absolutely nail it and walk off like bang got it yeah 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 um but there's also uh, there's just something about those moments when actually what you're performing really it when it catches you off guard mm. those are just absolutely stunning and I've, I've done all sorts of gigs with, with rose and cloud and with previous projects where i've just kind of almost stumbled blindly away from the stage mm. you just kind yeah. of go wow that happened you knew yeah, something good happened Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know you've probably reached at least one person in the audience then. When you come yeah. off more shaky than you went on, yes. yeah. you know you've yeah. probably got someone. So that's great. Do you yeah. guys have anything in the works? I mean, currently we are um, sort of, I guess, taking a little bit of like easy time to go and do open mics. and get back in touch with playing live uh, with our audience we i mean we banded around the idea of more studio time didn't we john Um, and whether to get some more tracks down yeah um but actually we are sitting on a wealth of stuff of tracks Mm. and pieces that we keep dropping into sets and i think that's a nice way to do it because we're I mean, we have the EPs are fairly core set lists. Yeah. We know how to, to do those well. Mm-hmm. So to go and take that set list and then every single time drop in something brand new. I mean, we fools that we are uh, did <laughs> a gig uh, was about a month ago. And yeah. I turned up to John's for a 
pre-gig rehearsal um, and I was like, mm, well, I've written something today. Um, do you reckon you can like do some music for it today? And I know the gig's in about six hours, but do you reckon we can just get it sorted and we'll do it at the gig? And we did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so that brought like a real freshness. Um, yeah. And, uh, well, it just again, seems like you guys have politics. such a synergy that it makes that possible to happen. Yeah. yeah we're, we're insanely lucky, really. Yes. Um, and you're actually, this is one of the first interviews we've done where you've used the word synergy before we have. I know, I know, yeah. I normally stay away from the term. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to be the pretentious one here. <laughs> yes, that's I'll, my I'll job. step into that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it is, that's the perfect word for it. It is. Yeah. I, going back to those, oh, well, I, I was going to say that first rehearsal, any rehearsal. Um, yeah. If we're trying out new pieces, we try it having sometimes something as simple as me sending John a word document with a poem on mm. and being like, yeah, sort that, John. Mm. Um, and we sit down and we run through it, uh, sometimes just even once. Mm. And then yeah. there's this feeling once it's finished and the timing was perfect, and we, it was just bang on. And we sort of look at each other like, we can't believe this keeps happening. Yeah. Right, we're just super, super lucky. Yeah, that we is are. So we really are. I mean, even I mean, even if Rose and Cloud wasn't a factor in that, we're insanely lucky anyway because we met. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, I've I've not in, I've not had a creative creative relationship quite like this where it's um, just a combination of I. Uh, I keep getting stuck for words, but this is it. It's not my job to be saying things. Um, but um, I, I, I don't think about how I how the music keeps happening in response to what Emily writes, um, because I think if I tried to examine it too hard, I might go insane, possibly. Mm. Um, I've not checked this. I've not checked this with any doctors that it's a possibility. But um, I think that's definitely legit. I think you. It, yeah, yeah. I say. It, I mean, it makes sense, right? Yeah, um, total sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, but don't you think if you analysed it too much, you'd lose the freshness? Yeah, well, it, it would compromise it. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by the way this works. Um, because Emily's voice, like in it, like her written voice, and then by turn, her voice in terms of her, her performance of what she's written, is so clear, um, and always getting better and better. Mm. Um, yeah. Because I, the, the the stuff that the stuff that I've been working on for things that she's written more recently than like where we started from. Um, is so unique i've not heard i've not heard anything performed or written in the way that emily does it um you and it's <laughs> sorry <laughs> but also not but also not sorry um and the way it just seems to unlock some part of my brain that goes right well this is what this should sound like um i've not i've not landed 
into anything that has the effect that this does. Um, and but that's why it works simultaneously because I think the same yeah. about your music. I really? couldn't sit down, I can't comprehend how you can sit down to a piece of poetry and come yeah. up with the things that you do. I think it's fascinating. Um, yes. So that it goes both ways. The admiration goes both ways. Look at us being Oh no! I'm, I'm just going to step aside now because you, you guys got this. <laughs> we're, ju we're just having a dialogue now. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, I, I would love for you to share um, places online that uh, listeners here can find you, and then also where you guys perform, so that I know I have some listeners across the pond there. So. Maybe they okay. can come see you, those lucky ones. I, I, would, I would love to be able to sit in a live performance. It would be so awesome. Oh, but I really, for I the really lucky ones, if come over, either of us would put you up. I think that's yeah. a given. Oh, that, think, yeah. <laughs> that is a dangerous offer. <laughs> <laughs> as long as, you know, you like wine and, and music and poetry, so that's fine. Oh, it sounds like it would be horrible. I just don't know if I can handle that. I, th I think I think you'd struggle I'd through it. Home. Yeah. I'd, I'd make it work. I'd make it. Yeah. Work. Grit your teeth. Uh, yeah, of course. So, yeah. uh, well, our, our hub of all things online is uh, rosencloud.com. Uh, um, there, you can access our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook, our yeah. band camp. Bandcamp, okay, because that's where yeah. they can find your EP and it is get a it copy. Is. And... and once you've spent the money on our Bandcamp page, <laughs> that is the point where you suddenly, weirdly, automatic, automatically unlock our Spotify, where you can listen to it on there as much as you like. That's right, because that, that's what yeah. I do. I forgot about that. Yeah. The thing so... I sorry, you for no, you, you go ahead, John. I was gonna, all I was going to say is Spotify is great from an end user point of view. Um, I love using Spotify. I will make playlists until not only the cows come home, but also maybe some stray deer. Um, <laughs> all of the woodland animals, like a little... Yeah, yeah like, like farthing wood, but like <laughs> manifold. Um, <laughs> but the problem... <laughs> Sorry, I just heard myself say that. Um, but the it's problem okay, I really appreciated the reference, but I'm not sure if, <laughs> if it will relate to it. Yeah. No. Um, yes, the only, problem the, with Spotify. The, yeah, 0 0.01 pence per play, or 0 0.01 mm. cents uh, for, for your uh, Across the Pond listeners. Um, okay. yeah. The, the, the royalties from Spotify are ridiculous. Um, Mm. and not in the good way so i i will happily i will always buy things on Bandcamp and make sure that the artist gets the money and then i'll because yes. that gives me the guilt-free license to cane it on spotify <laughs> as much as i like well that that is a good reminder that's a good reminder because yeah, yeah. you know you you do what yeah. you love but it's nice to be compensated for yeah for your hard work yeah i agree with that um and i think um there's kind of because there's kind of like different strata of artists who will put things on Spotify. Um, and there's only really the middle strata of people who are actually trying to make a living from music who get completely ruined by it. If you're, mm. 
if you're like top strata where you're earning all the dollars or if you're bottom strata where you're just trying to get your music somewhere it'll be heard spotify is a great platform for that mm-hmm. excuse me i've just hiccuped um <laughs> But, I mean, um, I'm, I'm just happy for any listeners that we get. Anybody who listens to it and enjoys it um, warms my heart. So yeah. that makes me happy. If you do yeah. order off Van Camp, you get a super cute CD though with watercolour covers. Exactly. Who did the watercolours, Em? Um, uh, I was trying to think of a really clever way to say it, but it was me. Oh, yeah. excellent. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good, that was a clever way of saying it in itself. That was good. Thanks. Cheers. Yeah, I turned it on its head, made it a bit better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you've got a little bit of the visual art in there too, then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We try. I mean, I, I just, I play around with watercolors, uh, artists. Um, I although would. I guess in a way that ev- everybody is an artist. Okay. Um, I just find um, watercolors very relaxing. Um, I find the process of them really, really therapeutic. I don't, I can't paint landscapes or anything that's realistic, but I like colours and I like the way the colours flow into each other. Um, I've actually just um, finished the front cover of a pamphlet that I'm going to release. Um, so I did all that in watercolours as well, which is basically just kind of droplets of watercolour in different colours, kind of coming down as if it's a window pane. Okay. Because uh, I find the way that the paint and the colours move together. Uh, fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, really, really. Can you tell I me? I remember when you made a... Go ahead. So I was going to say, I, was, I, I just remember when you made a series of art cards for a poetry event that you were going to oh, not yeah, long after yeah. we started. Yeah, yeah. And I just really enjoyed the way that you not only made those, but also you'd use the typewriter to put some of your yeah. uh, pieces down into it. Really lovely. Yeah, well, I used to go to... Um, to do sort of headline things um, back during the laureateship. And it's, it's difficult. It's the same as what we were talking about with Spotify. Sometimes it's difficult to get people to part with their money because you don't know how people are financially. Mm. And saying to people, oh, okay, you enjoyed my set, well then buy a £10 book isn't always mm. feasible. Mm. I can't buy everyone's book. I don't have that much right. money. So right. um, yes. I used to take just little postcards with me so I'd do a watercolour backdrop and then I'd uh, type up a couple of lines from some of the poems I'd done in my set um, and would sell those for sort of 50p a quid um, then someone can take away a memento I can write my details on the back so it's like a business card for me that I've been paid for um, yeah. and I found that a really nice way to do mementos instead of this expectation that you have to buy people's merchandise exactly so what a great idea yeah, it was nice. It was nice mm. to do as well. Plus, lazy Sunday afternoons, watercolouring and piping, um, you can't really beat that. So, no. great. Perfect. Perfect. I, I, I always get really excited when, when Emily says that she's been uh, spending a bit of time painting. I really look forward to seeing what you've been doing. No, oh, thank you. Bless mm. you. Yeah. <laughs> Emily, do you mind um, telling us oh, a little on. bit about your pamphlet? Yeah. Uh, so. I'm just about to uh, get the final draft through. Um, it's just going to be self-published, but I spent two years um, in that position. Sort of, I chose to use that two years 
to promote everyone else's poetry, if that makes sense. I Absolutely. wanted it to be a community thing. Poetry should be about community and it should be about encouragement. And yes. as a figurehead for that, as the council, that's yeah. what I wanted to do. Tell everybody that they could write and organise places for people to come and speak and write. Uh, and it's, it was fantastic. And I ended it and I thought, okay, well, it's really sad. I'm super sad to finish. Um, so I thought, okay, well, what can I do for me now? Because essentially I'm still a poet. I'm not just mm. a workshop leader. I'm not just right. a spoken word organiser. Um, what can I do? Um, and I've been doing a spate of writing anyway. So I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going um, to put a pamphlet together. It's called The Dew Point, um, which is the point at which a um, very specific point that water either becomes dewdrops or clouds. Um, and I think it's supposed to be the whole pamphlet, um, there's an overarching theme of water anyway and the changeable states, the way that they reflect the changeable states of our own mentality, that specific point where sadness becomes melancholy or melancholy becomes despair or mm any of those become neither and they become happiness um and then it takes the form of um human relations so there's a lot of switching between present day memory of a relationship or uh maybe an ending of a relationship and then flip back to uh early day memories um so it's, it's layered <laughs> yeah it sounds wonderful though when it when do you think that's going to be available? Um, I'm hoping uh, that it should be just before Christmas, I think, providing I'm just still tweaking the cover now um, and providing that that comes back okay, then I'm going to have it available, yeah, for around Christmas time. Amazon, it will be available, and then for people in the UK, personally, from, from me. So it's a nice little venture and a reminder to myself that, you know, I, I can write and put my own work out there. So. Yeah. yeah, I think you said something interesting when, you know, I asked you about it. You said it's just self-published. You know, there's mm. self-publishing. Yeah. There's no just to it. It is hard That's work. That's very true, actually, is, yeah. You I, know, it takes a lot to pull a book together, to have a manuscript and does. make it happen. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, I think that most artists definitely poets all have the same level um of kind of self-doubt imposter mm -hmm. syndrome yes um that kind of thing i have a terrible phobia i won't submit my work anywhere because rejection scares me mm -hmm. um so i think that feeds into my imposter syndrome that i've never approached publishers and i'm not published so does that make a published poet better than I am and I think actually your point is valid that no it doesn't it just means that you've chosen a different path to put your work out there yeah you yeah. can some confidence there yeah. <laughs> well good because you know the, the, the whole submission thing um I do I do so very rarely but mm. I come from a background um in fine art and oh went through the whole arc of you know what rejection is and what that looks like and then also serving as somebody who oversaw other people's work where I was the one having to say no and learning yeah. that so much of it has nothing to do whether a piece is really good or not 
It could mm -hmm. be that the person looking at it is having a bad day or it just isn't a fit for that, but it doesn't mean it's not good, but it takes mm. so long and so much rejection to get to the point where you're just kind yeah. of like, I don't, I just don't care. It doesn't matter. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. okay. Um, just, and then yeah. it becomes a huge war because the first couple of rejections feel terrible. They hurt. So then even if, it, yeah, they do. Even yeah. if it is something like you didn't quite fit the brief or, right. um, you know, you might not be poetry. It's so subjective. You might not be a, a specific person's style, but yeah. those, the first couple hurt so hard that they build a sort of wall for you. And then I've never quite learned to jump back over that wall and get myself back into the routine of submitting things and putting my work out there. And it's, it's raw to expose yourself like yeah. that. Yeah. So, but I also think that... Uh, that you're doing that whenever you perform, you know, you do yeah, something that absolutely true. terrifies me, you know, the thought of getting up in front of a group of people yeah. and reading, you know, and then hearing crickets, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> so, you that's know. The, no, that's the best. When you have them silent, you know that that's okay. The worst yeah. thing is laugh, laughter. Oh. Have you ever had laughter, John? No, um, couldn't have. we've not had laughter. I know we went to um, a poetry reading at a, a local theatre and somebody's phone went off during somebody's performance. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. that's fairly horrendous. Um, but no, I, I, I like it's, I mean, it's interesting kind of hearing this sort of end of it because I think from a songwriter's point of view as well, um, every time I used to post something on SoundCloud, that I've been working on or demoing, um, there's that faint terror that somebody's just going to comment on it and go, "Well, this is rubbish." Oh well, um, yeah, the perils of social media is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I did once have somebody message me on Facebook. This is quite a few years ago. I'd had about three years off writing and recording and performing and stuff because I was just a bit dry of inspiration I came back and I started to put myself back out there and this guy messaged me he used to run an open mic that I used to go to um and he messaged me with uh, your songs are all right your guitar playing's good but your voice is crap oh, oh, oh that's no. dreadful. why do people have to be so mean <clears throat> um, and and it's funny because I feel I, I do feel like I've gotten over that more or less but it still just hangs in the back of my head whenever mm -hmm. I like write or oh, sing or anything but yeah um but like because I know how much you weren't looking forward to the laureateship ending mm. um and the one thing that I will always say in response to that is the laureateship was never who you are you took who you are and applied it to that title and bossed it Mm. um like a hundred percent a hundred percent um because i saw how hard you were working and all the different places you were going to and all the different things you were doing i was honored to be able to help with one of the workshops that you were doing yeah um, you did yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, uh, i did a, a music and poetry workshop that was fantastic so john composed yeah. an original piece um without any uh you didn't have any words you know, i just said do what you like Nice. Yeah, uh, and then I brought that into a workshop uh, of poets, and they had to basically do your job in 
for those so yeah. respond oh, to the music envision where yeah so do you see something when you hear this music a lot of people said it sounded quite western so wrote that kind of thing people wrote about landscape people wrote about personal feelings everyone got something slightly different from that piece of music so oh, that wow. was a fantastic workshop yeah really cool but I, I, I kind of feel like, because Emily and I met, it was kind of just over the halfway point, wasn't it, for you? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I, I said this at a poetry night, because I've started writing poetry since Emily and I met, and uh, make of different bits of it what you will, because some <laughs> of it's quite daft, and then other bits of it are very not. Um, but I met Emily in the last hurdle of my 30s. And uh, my 30s have been, like, overall, I think, a good bag. Mm. Overall. But to meet Emily just at the last hurdle and find a, such a creatively rewarding relationship, um, yeah. I couldn't have asked for anything quite like it. Um, but it also, there's there's lots of ways in which it was kind of like an extension of the laureate ship in some ways because we were taking poetry to even more unexpected places absolutely um, yeah ambushing people with the poetry yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like that poetry yeah, ambush i like mm-hmm. that me too <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's been great because we played we played it like small ven- we played at the small venue in stockport um at the start of august and there's one piece it's not on the ep but i'm reasonably sure it's going to be on the next one yeah um, i think there's a, a demo of it on our soundcloud as well yeah oh, called, okay. two, called two dad for mom um and people were like we we finished playing this gig and this pe- the, the people sitting next to me were plowing money into my hand for a copy of the CD whilst I hadn't even finished putting my guitars away. Um, <laughs> yeah. Off the strength of that. But it's been so, it's been amazing to like, um, I almost feel like there's, there's an element to which I'm kind of standing back and watching this amazing reaction happen to, to, to what's happening. Because mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, Emily's just trying to buy a drink and she ends up just, just, <laughs> got laid, just way laid. Let me have a wine now, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, so speaking of Stockport, Stockport we were saying uh, where we're performing. So yeah. um, Stockport will be one of them. Uh, it's a lovely yeah. little bar called Nook. Um, yeah. We don't have a date for that yet, but that will be sometime, I imagine, in the new year. Okay. Possibly. We yeah, yeah. have um, potential lineups in Bristol in the new yeah. year. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, we'll be in Stoke at the Artisan Tap in December. Yes. Yeah, the Artisan um, Tap's a really nice little uh, bottle bar, uh, sort of craft beer place that's uh, kind of uh, Newcastle under Lime, Stoke on Twenty kind of place uh, we're supporting a band called don't call me ishmael oh, wonderful yeah they are yeah very cool um, hopefully some folks yeah. can, can seek you out um otherwise I hope so. the, the rest of us have to find you online <laughs> yeah well hopefully one thing we are hoping to do maybe sometime around christmas time if we can manage it we'd like to do like a little facebook live yeah we like it 
Okay. Yeah, we, we did one a while back and um, and I've like I've just managed to create this really cozy little setup um, where we do it. So um, hopefully we'll keep an eye on our Facebook page and we'll start giving a little nudge when we're about to do um, a thing. Okay. Well, for those, I'm one of those sad, sad people that has decided that I'm over Facebook. So for all the other ones no, that are still on there, mm. make sure to, to follow Rose and Cloud and you can maybe be part of that in December. That would be awesome. Yeah. Well, maybe we could do a YouTube live as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Instagram. Have you done an Insta live yet? Oh, we haven't. No, we haven't. We keep, we keep talking about um, just, upping our sort of social media game with with some of like things like instagram live and stuff like that and we uh just keep not quite getting around to it but we will uh, more more than quite get around to it i reckon so we certainly will yeah yeah, yeah. we'll become savvy and down with the kids exactly or at least with the gen x's yes well with that I, I won't go into what generation I'm in. <laughs> so with that, I am going to thank you guys so much. I would like this to go on for hours and hours, and I'd like to go get a glass of wine. Don't worry. We could derail it for that long. <laughs> exactly. We, it like was say, wonderful. This is a, you've got mad skills for interviews. Uh, this is probably <laughs> the most fun I've had in a long time. So this has been great. And Aww. I just want to thank you thank so you. much. And I can't wait to share you with the listeners. Aww. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Thank you ever so much. Make sure you look up Rose and Cloud on social media. Give them a follow. Say hi. And if you're on Facebook, make sure you keep your eyes open for their live event. They are on Instagram at Rose and Cloud on Twitter at Rose underscore and underscore Cloud. You can also visit their website at RoseandCloud.com where you can click on releases to purchase their EP, It's Only Thursday, and find out where you can see them if you're lucky enough to be in their neck of the woods. And stick around to the very end of the podcast if you'd like to hear another track from It's Only Thursday. That's it for today. Thank you for joining me here on Poet Kind. I know there are so many things that call for your time. And if you've spent a few moments here, I thank you. Poet Kind exists because of the support you listeners have shown through encouragement, reviews, and I can't stress enough how important those are, and the formation of relationship that has happened through the podcast. We are grateful to be here and even more so for each of you. I firmly believe that we are stronger together, that it is okay to compare notes, but not compare ourselves. Let's work together to create a space of welcome, of grace, and of support for the creative endeavors that have the capacity to make this world a better place. We say it in our name, but let's write kind, paint kind, create kind, poet kind, but above all, be kind. Until next time, thank you, and enjoy the rest of this day. If I could offer you one piece of advice for the future, fuck sunscreen. Baby, 
never fall for a poet, for waif-like, ink-stained wrists, eyelashes that flirt with the rims of wine glasses and the edges of vowels, for the ridging indent of tooth on lip that promises you wealth within its troubled furrows. Don't fall for those lips, the ones that promise the Mitchell to your Cohen, the Plath to your Hughes. The lips that parted, undulated with dangerous expectation under a hidden half-moon kiss. The lips that puckered with soured concentration as they sought the perfect ombre palette for your watercoloured eyes. Don't trust her eyes. For that hitching breath of yearning you stifled when mawkish gazes locked. The sharpened iceberg and ethanol flame that ran riot through the tapestry of your wanting body. The lowered glance that suddenly felt like emptiness. Were the moments her seeking soul softened into your own. Possessed it. Crept into cobweb compartments you'd tried long ago to cauterize. And you can't know that coquette saint whether you want to be her saviour or martyr's ruin, a blossom in a cradled hand that begs you to savour her scent of crushed petal. And you can't understand why her witch's words open you like lotus rebirth, draw out your expression like peeling egoed wallpaper from your sensitive psyche. How she chain smokes the cigarettes of your vulnerability but passes you the nicotine high. Why she torchlights paranoia and sings around campfires built from your kindling emotion while you offer your blackened firewood heart without question why with her you're not afraid to cry